0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: He just swore
0: a fucking
1: wall! O'Neal deep in the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball! He's down four, 12-8, 7-38. the first oh, yeah. the First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Captain countdown, baby, and a foul! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. It's episode number 38, as usual at least. You got the full crew here today. Brendan Johnson, Ryan Pay here with me. Uh, And we're on the phone joining Aaron Johnson for this week's edition. And guys, you know, we just got to talk about it. The last time that we hit the pod, the Pistons were 4-0. Dwayne Casey had never lost a regular season game in his tenure as the head basketball coach of the Detroit Pistons, um, and Stanley Johnson was a below-average player for this team, and only one of those things remained true as we enter episode number you, three. Oh five. my it's god! It's just the truth. Dwayne Casey has now lost three consecutive regular season games. The Pistons are four and three, and no longer four and zero. Oh, and Stanley Johnson. Still is a disappointment in the Pistons uniform, and I think that's a proper way to start episode number thirty-eight, Aaron.
2: You know, Brendan, um, I'm glad I'm not next to you right now because it probably would be, be getting pretty ugly. But look, I'm not even gonna not even gonna front. Not been impressed with Stanley Johnson this season. Uh, it really sucks that Luke Kennard is out because I'd love to give all of Johnson's minutes to Kennard. Um, but I'm not. I'm not done with Stanley Johnson. He still has some value, but just he's been abysmal in the starting lineup. He needs to be in the second unit. I've been saying that now since the first Boston game. Uh, he needs to be in the second unit because he doesn't do enough offensively to just be catch and shoot and, you know, the, f- the fifth option in the starting lineup. He needs to be out there in the second unit handling the basketball, initiating the offense, being able to work to his spots. When he's out there with the starting group, It's Blake Griffin running his sets. It's Andre Drummond getting his touches. It's Reggie Jackson in the pick and roll. It's dribble handoffs for Reggie Bullock. And then there's just Stanley Johnson standing there like, hey, what's up, bro? And he's not a good enough shooter to just plug in there and expect him to knock down shots when he gets the rare opportunity. Uh, You know, he's a fine defender. I'm not going to keep talking about that because it's the same thing with him every week. Yeah, we know he can defend, but he's not producing on the offensive end at a consistent level. And he looks decent when he plays off the bench with the second unit, but he just does not fit with the starting group.
1: Wow. I, I'm. Thank you, Aaron, for that piece. That was phenomenal. Um, you know, it's really nice when people start to understand the realistic side of things in life. And Aaron right there took just a big step of maturity, Ryan. But, you know, just to talk about this Pistons team, where they stand, we talked about the, the need for another shooter, and you really hit on that. And if you follow at Ryan Pay, you can see the tweets that Ryan's been pouring out about that through these games as well. It's really become evident that the Pistons need a number two guy that can make plays alongside Blake Griffin.
0: I mean, what a, what a change a week has, ma- uh, has made for this team. All Pistons fans, we knew no one – was on board with, you know, this team's amazing, they're the best. It was all jokes, we were all having fun, maybe outside of Aaron. Um, Dude,
1: come on, every (laughs) week,
0: every week. But we thought, oh, this team, you know, they're getting some breaks, they're winning the close games, even if it's teams we feel like they should kind of pound on, you know, they're still winning. What a difference a week makes. Um, Four and three, an abysmal performance at home against Boston, then they go play Boston Close Blues. Okay. And then they drop a bad one to the Nets. Um, it's tough to see. And Blake, he's just not going to be able to do it on his own. And it's something I preach forever. And I get we can't really do anything about it. Trust me, I understand that. They really don't have the assets to go do anything about this. But this is a talented team that could go, but they just need that extra piece, that extra scorer, that shooter. And they don't seem to have it. And to Aaron's point about Stanley, I think he needs to be running with the twos. I think you need to put Glenn Robinson in the starting lineup. Um, Not that Stanley's a world beater with the twos, but he looks a lot more comfortable with them. He looks like he runs harder, plays harder with them. Just feels more intuitive with the game. And it's Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, maybe that move needs to be made because Stanley... He's not it in the starting lineup. They need something different. Well, something that
1: can happen with Stanley playing with the twos as well is Stanley, obviously, his best ability is defense, right? The guy can generate turnovers. He's a lockdown defender. He can deny guys opportunities to get good looks. But let's say Stanley Johnson comes in and runs with the twos, and he's able to generate some turnovers. And whether he's then feeding the ball to Ish Smith Maybe he's able to set up some drives for himself. Maybe that allows him to play within his own offensive game a little bit because he's still a talented player, and he maybe he could shine more against you know the number two guys in the league. That might put Stanley Johnson in a position to where he could be a lot
2: more successful in a Pistons uniform, Aaron. Uh, just a statistic here. Detroit's starting lineup of Reggie Jackson, Reggie Bullock, Stanley Johnson, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond, has a negative 7.7 net rating. That is the third worst lineup in the league that has played over 48 minutes together. Obviously, that's Detroit's starting lineup. So far this season, they played 62 minutes together. Uh, specifically, the offensive rating is the issue because defensively, defensively they're only giving up 97.7 points. And I think we knew that they would be pretty consistent defensively, just because of Bullock and Stanley and Blake's a decent defender when he when he's in the game and Andre can defend but offensively they're only scoring 90.1 points that's just completely unacceptable for a lineup that has guys that can score the ball and Blake Griffin and Reggie Jackson you know Reggie Bullock has come out of the season and and can't hit anything which has been an absolute killer now he's down with an ankle sprain i don't know how long that's going to keep him out that's another big loss for Detroit that we could get into um, obviously Stanley's not contributing on the offensive end and Andre's getting his his points here and there but to be honest, I've not been impressed with Drummond this season. No matter what the stats say, I just he does not look like the Andre Drummond that we saw last year that was an all-star, even with his stats being as, as good as they are. And maybe that's a whole other topic for a whole other time. But just quick thoughts on that right there.
1: Well, how about this? Throughout the summer, guys, we talked about the Pistons' wing depth. And when they signed GR3, you have Stanley, GR3, Reggie Bullock, Luke Kennard, and Bruce Brown get in the mix. And Bruce Brown's had some nice minutes throughout this season so far. But, you know, you kind of look at that and you go, man, this is the most depth that the Pistons have, you know, had in years. At, you know, the wing spots. You know, add Langston Galloway to the mix, so we really did not include in that group. But... Life without Luke Kennard, and I guess now for we aren't sure how long, probably a short period of time, week or two, without Reggie Bullock, that's a, that, that's the hard-knock life, Ryan.
0: We talked all summer about how we want this to be more of a three-point shooting and in-the-paint scoring team. And going down Luke Kennard and Reggie Bullock not being able to hit anything this year so far, it's really not working out. Going eight for thirty every game, shooting threes. It's just it's a disaster, dude. It's not working out. Think I don't know, it's it's frustrating. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's tough. Well watch this team brick after brick not hit anything.
2: Well, I think the thing is you look at Detroit's off season and you lose your best three point shooter in Anthony Tolliver. Then you go into the season and Luke Kennard's not in the rotation and And then he gets in the rotation, he gets hurt. Reggie Bullock's not hitting. Those are your three best three-point shooters. And, you know, obviously right now you have Blake Griffin hitting 50 55% from the three-point line. But that's not sustainable. So your three best shooters are either not playing or they're not hitting shots. And when you take those three out, this team's three-point weapons are very sparse. Glenn Robinson can knock down the three-ball. Reggie Jackson can somewhat knock down the three-ball. Blake's been hitting it this year. Uh, but, I mean, really, are we going to, like, play Jose Calderon just because he can maybe hit one or two threes a game and then get torched defensively? It's, it's, it's just not a... like Detroit's idea of wanting to shoot the three-ball more and you only take shots from there and inside, it's the right idea, but the personnel doesn't fit And when you don't have those guys playing and Langston Galloway's been only getting shots in the midrange, which is exactly the opposite of what we talked about him being able to do. You know, he really likes to score from the basket or from the three-point line, but all these sets that he's getting are dribble handoffs from Drummond in the mid-range, and he's stepping into mid-range jumpers, and that's not, you know, what Dwayne Casey wants to do, and that isn't what we thought Langston Galloway could do, and that's what he's been doing this year. So Detroit's personnel isn't knocking down three-pointers, and that's the way they want to play, and that's not working. Because Detroit's offense is just a complete mess right now. They're not scoring the ball with efficiency, with effectiveness. They're getting terrible looks half the time. They're running out shot clocks. They're just playing with a lack of comfortableness that is very worrisome this far into the season.
1: You know, I want to mention really quick on a different note. You mentioned Anthony Tolliver, and boy would we love to have Anthony Tolliver back in Detroit for a variety of reasons. But Tolliver playing with Minnesota now um, and just want to give a quick shout out to D Rose, man. 50 points. Derrick Rose the other night, a big win over Utah. How cool is that? I mean, all three of us got to see Rose when he was in those couple prime years looking like he could be the next big stud, the next best player in the NBA. For him to go out and score 50. And even if it was, you know, some people talk about the lack of efficiency and his doing of that. 50 points, his team won the game just the night for Derrick Rose, one that you maybe thought you'd never get to see again, Ryan.
0: Hey, or, man, a 50-burger is a 50-burger. Yeah, You know what I mean? That was fun. I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed the post game, seeing all the joy in him, seeing how emotional he got. That's what the game's about. It's fun when it means something to you. And I don't I – it took me back to 2011. It was great to see. I loved it. It was fantastic. Good for Derrick.
2: Yeah, you know, I don't know the whole – I never really looked into it, the whole story with Derrick Rose and the rape allegations and stuff like that. But I know that my Twitter timeline was full of stuff. So I don't even know how the end of that story ended up playing out uh, with Derrick Rose and those allegations. But it didn't seem like a lot of people that I respect on on, the, on NBA Twitter were, were pleased with Derrick Rose. Because of that, I don't know the full story. So I don't really want to comment on it in that way. Um, but it was good to see him you know, have one of those nights you know, you want to root for a guy that has had so much going on in his career, but I'm a little weary, and I don't really know how to comment on it just because of those things. Um, But, I mean, 50 points? Yeah, it's 50 points.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's fair. The only thing is, until there's something that comes out that takes him out of playing in the league, I'm going to look back on my 2011 days and be like, dang, that was awesome. Also, yeah, I don't think
0: any of us are Commenting anything on that because I don't think any of us want to, um, because no one knows the full story yet. It was just you know good to see. Good for Minnesota Yeah, good too. for Minnesota. Jimmy Butler is, I believe, who was out
1: didn't play. He was, he game, didn't and, play. Yeah, you know, the team's having a lot of fun without Jimmy Butler there. Maybe <laughs> that's kind of a good thing for Minnesota as well. But anyways, kind of moving forward, you know, circling back to the Pistons, and we talk about their lack of offensive, really, ability outside of Blake Griffin. Um, you, you know, what's next? What does this team do to get back on track? Because now you're playing without Luke Kennard um, for, you know, probably eight, ten weeks, and um, you are now without Reggie Bullock for you're not sure how long. Andre Drummond's not a three-point consistent shooter. Maybe he can hit you one or two a game, but he's not a three-point shooter. And he's not a guy you can run set pieces for consistently in the post. Here and there, you give him a touch, sure. But you can't consistently rely on that. We saw Stan Van Gundy fail trying to do that. So what's next for the Pistons? What do they have to do to find a way to put the ball in the hoop, Aaron?
2: You know, the question is... Is loaded because of what we talked about just a few minutes ago. The team, the way they want to play, the personnel is not adequate to that right now. Uh, Their their most effective offense is giving Blake Griffin the ball and saying, "Hey, let's let's make something happen," you know, because Blake is that good. And that's a concern because that's going to wear him out as the season goes on, and he's not going to be able to do that for 82 games and whatever comes in the playoffs. So that's just not going to work. They need guys to start making shots. I like that we're seeing Bruce Brown. I think Bruce Brown played very well against Brooklyn. He played pretty well against Boston the uh, the night the, the night before that as well. So he's a guy that should continue to, continue to see the floor. Uh, he can't really shoot, which doesn't fit in with how Detroit wants to play. But he defends. He gets to the basket. He moves off the ball, which are important aspects to, for this team to to play with. Uh, so for that reason, for those reasons, he deserves to play. You know Ish Smith. He's fine off the bench. Um, I still don't trust a three-point shot all the way yet. I just don't. After watching him for so many seasons not be able to shoot the three ball, uh, this this start, you know, I'm not convinced yet. Um, I just don't know how Detroit can generate points outside of Blake Griffin getting the ball on the post or, you know, in the high, on the high post or on the wing and just ain't hey, go create, you know, go make something happen because Andre's not scoring out of post-ups. You know, their best bet is probably just Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond pick and rolls. but they need shooters to kick out to. And when Stanley Johnson and Bruce Brown are on the floor, even though that's a very nice defensive pairing, neither of those guys are going to be consistent threats from beyond the arc, at least yet for Bruce Brown. I think we know with Stanley Johnson at this point, it's pretty much done. Um, you know, Luke Kennard is out. Glenn Robinson can barely get in the games, which makes absolutely no sense. Talked about Langston Galloway not really shooting the three ball this year. Uh, which doesn't make sense either. So you're relying on Ish Smith and Reggie Jackson and, well, uh, I guess Blake to be shooters, which maybe Blake is fine as a spot-up shooter. But Reggie Jackson's somewhat inefficient, and, I again, I don't trust Ish Smith. Um, and then whoever else that they use. It's going to be one of Stanley Johnson. It's going to be one of Bruce Brown or Glenn Robinson. If Glenn Robinson's playing fine, that's a three-point shooter. But those other two guys, they don't shoot. So Dwayne Casey's kind of got to revert back to the basics here and simplify this offense right now. He's got to make it easier with Luke Kennard out and Reggie Bullock out. And by God, if Luke Kennard, the game he is back, healthy, if he does not play, we riot. Because this team needs Luke Kennard so bad for his three-point shooting, his shot-creating ability, his off-ball movement, and, and just the comfort he brings on the floor. You know, he's a scorer, and Detroit needs more scoring. We said Detroit needs more scoring from the wing. That's literally what Luke Kennard plays the game of basketball for. So Detroit needs to have Luke Kinnard come back, and they need to be playing him 30 minutes a night in the starting lineup. Uh, because this team right now is is just an absolute mess, and I don't know if there's a clear path to fixing it.
1: Ryan, we've done a good job, my friend. Did you just hear Aaron say that if Luke Kinnard, you know doesn't play in his first game back, we will riot?
0: I like it. I agree very
1: much. Finally... We've got some responsibility out of Aaron. The guy last week when I You're acting out,
2: like I wasn't telling us at the beginning of the season to start Luke Kennard. I don't know what this means. I've been saying he, play Luke Kennard.
1: It's more of it's just, just that music. holding the
2: Pistons accountable. In the past, Aaron's been
1: the optimistic one. But he's finally starting to hold his basketball team accountable, folks. And that's all I want to get at real quick. You've got to hold your team accountable. You've got to hold the organization accountable. And I know you got a lot of new faces in there now. And they didn't build this roster necessarily, but they're the ones operating things. They're the ones doing it. And they've got to be held responsible. Dwayne Casey not playing Glenn Robinson the third at all, essentially, throughout the first seven games of this season, is preposterous. That's something he should be held accountable for. That's a decision he's making. And if Luke Kennard doesn't come back and start to take minutes away from guys, unless if somebody really steps up and establishes themselves, well then, yeah, you better hold your coach and your team accountable. And, you know, hopefully the Pistons can get to a spot where, Luke doesn't just have an opening as soon as he gets back. There's somebody playing really well, and there's a real conversation about should Luke get to come back into the starting rotation or six-man or where should he fall Um, because guys are playing well. Hopefully we're at that point. But if we're not and Luke doesn't get back in the mix, I'll give it within the first three games he's back. First game's tough. First three games he's back. Then there's a legitimate problem with this team and this organization.
0: Aaron, I just want to touch on something real quick. Uh, you were talking about how you know the Pistons are sloppy in sets; they look uncomfortable, they run out clocks. This is something you and I talked about on a pod a few pods ago when it was just me and you. Um, and I said we talked about the preseason worries and how it was in the preseason. I said it's going to linger for a little bit into the season, but what, what what I didn't count on was how poorly Detroit was going to shoot the ball. And when you compound those two, it is a disaster. Something has to give. Either they get more comfortable with each other or they find their shot. And I don't, right now, like you said, the way it looks, I don't know if either is going to happen Well, at this point. I think it eventually happens, but it's taking way too long at this point.
2: Well, here's the thing. You know, Detroit going out and dropping both those games to Boston, that was fine, you know. But for them to go out to a Brooklyn team, that and I, I'm a huge optimist the Nets I think their future is so bright and I really like the pieces they have on that roster and the cap space they have and the front office and coaching that they have but right now that is one of the worst teams in the league and Detroit should have beaten up on them and for them to go into overtime and blow that game is embarrassing and these are the type of games that you look back at at the end of the year when you're all banged up try and just ride the wave into the playoffs and you're like Damn, it'd be really nice if we could handle one of the worst teams in the entire league and not go to overtime with them and lose by a freaking point or three points, whatever it was. You know, so these are the type of games that they come back to bite you at the end of the season. So that's the one that really stings and it really displayed some of the glaring issues Detroit had because they did not look comfortable throughout the entire game. The starting lineup came in and played terrible at both starts of the half. The bench kept him afloat in the first half. They regained the lead. You know, they did this and that. Blake was fine. Andre was okay. Again, not a huge fan of the way Andre has played this year. Um, but besides those two, they just aren't getting production. Reggie Jackson's getting forced into shots uh, that are not conducive to the way he plays. He's made some bad decisions, uh, especially the last few games with the ball in his hands. And it, it's I think it's just because his offense has not meshed yet. They haven't. And it, I, fine, it might take time, but how much time can you give it before a serious change has to be considered?
1: It was 120 to 119, the final score. And who try, Who was that guy that hit the, uh, the dagger three? Oh, what's his name? Spencer Dinwiddie? Man, it would be nice to have a guy like that around here, wouldn't it? It's
2: funny how perfect he would fit into a Dwayne Casey system. He's a point guard that's longer, uh, you know, a little more athletic in that sense. It'd be nice to have him out there alongside Reggie Jackson instead of five eleven ish Smith. But, you know, uh at least we got Cam Bear style for him. Thanks, Stan. Yeah,
1: Stan had, had a c you know, or the Pistons have hit on a couple second round picks that they've then let, you know, drift away between Dinwiddie, Chris Middleton. Think if he had a couple of those guys back. I mean even you look a few years ago. You know, Drebko, I believe, was a second-round pick. Turned out to be pretty good. Austin Day was a second-round pick, who for a while had a nice little couple years in the league. Uh, nice that The Pistons really could have turned some of these second-round picks into guys that could long-term have been difference-makers for the organization.
2: Just imagine if this team had Chris Middleton instead of Stanley Johnson right now. I'm not saying they win a championship, but that's a different ball club.
0: It is a different ball club, and it's upsetting, and it's frustrating that the uh, the talent evaluation just hasn't been there for this this franchise. It's just really bothersome, because like you said, Spencer Dinwiddie just putting on an absolute show the other night. And that's something Aaron and I have talked about for years, how much we like Spencer Dinwiddie a lot. That's a guy that needs to be given a chance, and then we just gave up on him. And now look what he goes. He goes to Brooklyn, and he's the man. He's so good. I get he's a Piston killer, and he hates the Pistons, you know, for what he's de- – what you know, not giving him a chance and giving up on him. But look at him now, man. Just a complete player who absolutely took it to us the other night. Really frustrating.
1: So you kind of look at where the Pistons are right now. Let's look at these last couple games. I mean, we talked about the Brooklyn game and how upsetting that was in a game that went to overtime. And uh, you get up in overtime, Dinwiddie hits that, dagger three. And I don't know what you'd classify that last play of the game. Yeah, it was a really unfortunate look, you could say, for what the Pistons could have got. You would think that you would have set up Blake Griffin going downhill. You're down one. The dude's just got to get fouled, and you could tie if not...
2: The game. Hey, while we're at it, we might as well just hit on the Pistons. Can't perform late in games. They fall apart. Might as well just let that out there. You look
1: at the game versus Boston. Blake throws the ball away. Pistons, they fight, and fight, and fight to come back. And then throws the ball away. And then versus Brooklyn. You
0: know, that, that last play was just garbage. What were those play designs? The one in regulation with Reggie Jackson, that nonsense shot, Reggie being Reggie. And then in overtime with Blake backing him down and putting up that garbage fadeaway. I mean, what what is that play design? That's what we're coming up with late in games to win? It uh, I don't know. Really frustrating to watch.
1: It's, it's like you want to set up, especially in the overtime, you want to set up Blake Griffin going downhill. You want him getting to the basket. You want him trying to either draw a foul or finish at the rim. Worst case scenario, give yourself a chance. But you aren't going to get any call on shooting a long fadeaway two, a contested fadeaway two, mind you. Put the ball closer to the rim. Get yourself into the paint. Give yourself an opportunity to either draw a foul or hit a little bit of an easier shot. Blake's a talented guy. He's able to do that. But this this post up from you know high post extended, what is that? Like what did what did Dwayne Casey say in that timeout that made those guys think they were gonna win that game? Oh hey, we'll just give it to Blake. Step inside the arc, post him up, fade away, we'll win. What what design was that? Like what was the goal of that play? Garbage, garbage. You needed a point. Nonsense. You didn't need a three. You didn't need a three to tie, and you had to set up some crazy play. Maybe you just did a great get a great look out of it. You needed a point. Get the ball to the rim. Aaron, you have any thoughts on that?
2: Well, you know, I I, I kind of started the conversation. The Pistons don't perform well late in games. They collapse. I mean, you go back to the Cleveland game. You know, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. They won one game this year. Kevin Love was out. They almost blew that game.
1: Oh, wow, the you rim know? percentage
2: without Ty Lue is skyrocketing. <laughs> skyrocketing. <laughs> um, you know, the second Boston game. Blake makes that just absurd pass with a miscommunication to Ish Smith. Um, and then obviously the Brooklyn game, you know, these is a team that at the end of the day, they want to be veterans. They want to be, you know, we want to host a, we want to host a playoff series. We want to do this and that. Well, right now you're barely, you're barely picking up wins against bad teams. You're falling apart late in games. You're not starting games. Well, it's literally the bench that has kept you afloat, which, which makes no sense because it's Zaza Pachulia and it's Glenn Robinson, the third one he gets in there leading the team in plus minus. Uh, and it just doesn't make sense that where this team is at right now, and I'm getting really, really frustrated with the offense because this team should not be as bad as they are offensively. Defensively, they've done a really good job this year. They're defending how inversely to how they want to play. They're, they're doing a really good job of defending the three-point line and defending the rim, and they're forcing a lot of mid-range shots. So defensively, their game plan and their, the way that they play is right, but offensively, they are not. they're just not playing well. And it's just getting more and more frustrating, having to go into each game wondering how Blake Griffin is, how far Blake Griffin can carry this team until they inevitably collapse.
0: I, I, you hit the nail on the head, Aaron. There's nothing more to add to that. It's frustrating. It's I get. It's only seven games into an 82 game season, but based off the preseason, and I know it's a new coach, but based off what we know with this group, a lot of this group of players, the main core from the past. This is what's going to continue to happen throughout the season. It's an inconsistent bunch. It's honestly, there needs to be a shakeup in the starting lineup. If you ask me, I just I don't. Oh think yeah, this kind of I enemies. agree. 100%. What's that? I'm sorry. I agree
2: 100 percent that a change needs to be made and it needs to be Steely Johnson out of the lineup. No question about yeah, it.
0: I think so. There needs to be production from that wing, that wing spot, that three in the lineup. I, it's the offensive numbers are what if. Blake can't perform or if Blake's getting those double teams They're in so much trouble They're they're not going to do anything Offensively, no one can hit sh- shots You You're not a fan of the way Drummond's been playing, I know the stat line Suggests otherwise, we get that, but I agree with you He has not been overly Impressive this year at all, I'm not a fan of the way He's playing And there's just, I don't know They're not going to get anything going Reggie, I'm sorry, Reggie's not doing a ton for him He's playing alright, he's playing well but it's just not a group that's conducive to winning an offensive game. I will, it needs to change.
2: I will defend Reggie in the sense that I think offensively he's been, he's been put into some bad situations with the ball and just kind of been asked to make something happen that does not defend him making some very poor decisions at other times with the ball in his hands. Uh, but I think a little bit of the blame is, is put on him being put in bad situations. And I think I talked about that a little bit last week too on the pod. But he definitely hasn't played as well as he could, but I I, I don't think it's just all Reggie Jackson. No, isn't good. I agree
0: with you. Aaron, I absolutely agree with that one hundred percent. I think part of it's also he's playing the off guard right now. He's still too.
2: learning that too.
0: Yeah, that's that's a problem. Um, you know, him running with Ish and Ish being the point guard and him being the off guard. I get that. I absolutely agree. Um, it's just I don't know. We got something's got to get figured out here. I, I, I mean I don't have the answers. That's why I'm not the head coach of the Detroit Pistons. But it doesn't appear Dwayne Casey has the head coach uh, answers either. Or anyone for that matter? No. You know,
1: there, there's got to be something though. You got to find a way to get more out of Reggie Jackson. You've got to find a way to get more out of Andre Drummond. Um, and you've got to set them up to be successful. Obviously, everything's going to go through Blake offensively, but you might need to start staggering your lineups more to where throughout the game, obviously in the fourth quarter you want your best five on the floor, but throughout the game you might want to start seeing different different lineup rotations. And I think that might be the approach that could change some things to maximize different guys' offensive potential. Um, and, and you start to have different looks through those different rotations. And if it's one where Reggie and Andre on the floor at the same time, maybe you're getting some more... Pick and rolls, looking for those lobs, things that the Pistons maybe used to do under Stan Van. Then you have a lineup where you know, you're know you trying to space the floor a bit, little bit more. You have a lineup where Blake Griffin's the feature piece of the offense. And you've got to try to add some variety. That might be the best way for the Pistons to attack. But, you know, before we go here, the next three games that the Pistons will play before we pod again – Uh, They play the 76ers tomorrow afternoon. They've got the Miami Heat on Monday. They've got the Orlando Magic on Wednesday. So uh, a couple of games coming up that the Pistons, you know, they should win. 76ers will be a good game. And then you look at the the Heat and the Magic. And, again, the Heat are always those team, team. you never know what you're going to get. And the Magic, you should be able to beat the Magic.
2: I hate, to I, s- I hate to say it, but I think Detroit's going to get absolutely brutalized by Philadelphia. I'm. It's just, I think it's going to happen. I think they're going to get absolutely torched off the floor.
0: I, uh, I'm right there with you, I was just about to say, I think these next three games will be very telling, and I think it's going to start off rough against Philly, and then I, the other two are two games they should win, and I think Miami's going to give them a time, and we'll see what happens against Orlando, but I agree with you. I was about to say, I think Philly's going to absolutely run Detroit off the floor. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we're wrong. But uh, just the way it seems to be going, I don't know. And there's, there's a lot of fire in Philly right
1: now, too, in regards to their mindset about these Detroit Pistons after the last time these two teams met uh, down at LCA. So uh, definitely something to note there. We'll stay tuned on all these games. Again, you can follow all of us on Twitter for our thoughts, updates, at Palace of Pistons, at A. Johnson NBA, at Ryan Pay, at Media Brendan. Shoot us a follow. You know what to do with the pod. you got to like it, subscribe to it, rate it, tell your friends, spread the word. The numbers are growing, people. We're building a really big base. You're part of something special, and we want you to continue to help us grow that base as we provide You know what we think our – maybe the best Pistons insight uh, of any podcast crew out there, right? So, again, like, rate, review, subscribe to the pod. Tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter, Palace Pistons. You can follow us on Instagram as well. Check out the website. Aaron and his crew of writers does a great job pumping content out there on that as well. So we appreciate you tuning in to episode number 38 of the Palace Pistons podcast. The Pistons sit at 4 and 3 currently. We will see where they sit when we return for Episode 39 of the Palace Pistons Podcast.